Yo, what is good, Sixers Nation, man? Welcome on in Philly Take with RB. We're back. Finally, man. Out time. It's been weeks, man. But we have some good things to get into, man. Number one show, bringing the passion to the fans, breaking it all down. RB, we got my guy Logan. We're going to talk about Daryl Morey. We're going to talk about his interview with John Clark, all the great things that he said. We're going to keep consistently bringing you this Sixers coverage, man. Getting closer to training camp. A lot to talk about, man. A lot to talk about. I can't wait. Also, drop a mic check in the chat. One, two on the mic check. Shout out to the sponsor of today's show. Let's get checked. Leading provider of at-home medical testing kits. You want to avoid those uncomfortable doctor's visits, all those long waits, man. You don't feel like going to the office. Click that link down below in the description. Use promo code Philly Take uh, Philly twenty five. Excuse me for twenty five percent off your order. Sixers Nation, what's going on, man? Welcome on in. Once again, we are back. Philly Take with RB. Do us a favor right now, man. Hit the like button. Hit the like button for your boys, man. Help spread the show. Um, appreciate everybody being here. We're gonna be going live a lot more. Know we've been back. You know, just dropping the videos. You know. Kind of on the offbeat a little bit, but it is time. And what better way to start it off on Daryl Morey's birthday than to have a <laughs> full interview with him coming in and we will be breaking it all down. Shout out to everybody in the house. Shout out to the channel members, by the way, man. It's been a while. We still have the giveaways coming soon. So shout out to you guys. Thank you for the support. And like I said, we got my guy Logan. First yeah. time on the show, man. Logan, what's going on? What's good, man? What's good? Happy to be here, man. How you doing? Hey, it's great to have you, bro. Um, Logan will be joining us on many shows this season. We have a lot of cool things coming up. I promise you guys, man. So uh, show him some love. Show him some love in the chat. It definitely excited to, uh, you know, talk it up with him, get some takes, especially on all this stuff going on, right? James Harden, Joel Embiid, Daryl Morey, a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Yeah, man, listen, first of all, shout out to RB, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be, you know, on the live. Looking forward to doing more lives. You know what I mean? So shout out to you for having me on here, man. Shout out to the Sixers fans in the chat. I'm excited, man. I want to I get to it. We've been talking about this for not this interview, but we've been talking for a couple of weeks and wanting to get up. So, you know, I'm excited, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Once again, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Hit that like button. I don't know how many people we have in here right now can't see. But uh, yeah, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. Uh, shout out to Logan as well, doing his thing on his YouTube page, Sixers Break Room. So be sure to uh, check him out as well. All right, man, we got to get into it. We got to get into it. They said the mic sounds good. We're all good to go. Shout out to uh, Daryl Morey's daughter putting this out today. Happy birthday to Daryl Morey, by the way. One of the best GMs in the league. I'm going to tell you why today. I think he's earned even more respect. Definitely excited to get... Uh, your take on it as well. Chat's yeah, man, giving for sure, uh, for sure. Chat's giving Logan a big warm welcome. That's what I like to see. <laughs> appreciate like y'all, man. man. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to like the hottest say. take. Somebody said my takes. You go, wait till you hear mine. Let's I'm go. I'm adding to the hot takes. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. Uh, before we get into this, man, um, I just I just want to get your take on you know the whole Daryl Morey conversation. I don't know, you know, 
where you're at with it, but in my opinion, you know, Sixers fans for a long time, they have slept on Daryl Morey, I think, given his track record coming into this whole thing. Um, you know, he's the guy I want at the helm. He, to me, he's a top executive in the league. He's shown that time and time again. He stood on his ground last year. He's a, he's a big power type of guy, right? He knows a lot of people, and he gets what he wants. And, and honestly, I feel like he's made this team a whole lot better this offseason. Where, where is your head at with it? I'm a big Daryl Morey guy. I mean, mainly because I respect the fact that he's not afraid to swing and miss. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to go after the guys who he feel like, it feels like he's going to help us win. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He doesn't make excuses about it. It's like, listen, we swung, we missed. It's on to the next thing. But, like, he's, he's trying to build a champion. You know, a lot of people talk about, like, we want to win. But he actually goes out there and makes moves and tries to get this team where it needs to go. And sometimes I know it's not always going to work out. That's just how it is. You know what I mean? But I yeah. love that we, we have a guy that I believe that every single move he makes, it's like I genuinely believe he thinks is going to get us closer to a championship. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and he's definitely done a lot of that this offseason. Right? There's been a lot of talk about him bringing the former players back that he's coached. He's talked about that today. Uh, we may as well just jump right into it, man. Once again, hit that like button if you are out there supporting the show. Check us out on all platforms. Subscribe. And uh, like I said, we got a lot of good coverage coming up. It's been a dry time, man. So this to me, like I've been waiting all day to just jump into something tangible that we have. You know, like it, it's been weeks of just like just dry. You know, and now we're less than two weeks away uh, from training camp. I, I'm just so pumped, man. I can't wait. I, I think this could really be one of our best years. I think this is our best roster that I've been excited about going into the season, uh, you know, in a long time. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think this team, this is a championship team. Like when I say that, I'm not saying that like I'm guaranteeing we're going to win a championship, but like this is a team that is constructed to win now and they actually have pieces that can do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, unfortunately it comes at a time where it seems like the rest of the East is also loading up. So it's almost like bad timing. But, like, I agree, this this roster is the most excited I've been in a very long time. Yeah, man, I can't wait. All right, so Daryl Morey sits down for an interview. We will play all the clips that are important for you to hear. Maybe you didn't get a chance to listen to this yet. By the way, shout-out to John Clark, does the Take Off with John Clark podcast. Uh, I thought this was an excellent interview. I thought he asked great questions. Um, really just the things that we want to know, right? We want to hear from Daryl Morey about the offseason, about James Harden, about how he feels I always say that Daryl Morey's that kind of guy who, you know, he's not going to sit with his legs kicked up in the office, right? He's enticed. He's ready to go. He's punching the wall. That's the type of guy he is. Um, and he really blew me away today. I thought he was a great GM. I have a lot more respect. I even learned some, you know, from what Daryl Morey had to say today. But let's start it off with James Harden, the whole injury thing. My opinion on it this whole time, this whole offseason, people have called me crazy. I said, you know, James Harden was never really fully 100%, right? Like, he came here, he showed us about a five, six-game sample size. He looked stellar with Joel Embiid. I mean, they were unstoppable. And to me, it just kind of seemed like there was more wear and tear, and the hamstring continued to, you know, to add up and add up in the games, right? And, you know, he just didn't look right in the playoffs. Um, but Daryl Morey made a comment on this today, and he also talked about the leadership of James Harden and not wanting to distract the rest of the squad and make it like a big scene. So let's hear what Daryl Moore had to say about that. Day one to do what Coach Rivers wants. Um, I know there's all these like I'm, you know, I'm a uh, someone who looked at data quite a bit. Like all the players on the team, shooting percentages went up off passes uh, from him. 
you know, our team overall was elevated after he came. Joel and James were the number one pick and roll combo really for years. It wasn't just last season. Um, just shows the overall impact and how he's lifting the whole team um, to help us win a title. So when you traded for him, everybody sees the name James Hart. Was he himself when he came here? He, he talked about the hamstring issue, and he said he never was able to get physically right. Was he himself when he was here for this half season? I'll say with James, again, more than any player I've worked with, he will he never says something's wrong. It actually surprised me when he said what he said after the season. For him to say that means that, you know, he was – there were more issues than he – Look, he, he's a, you know, spit on it, get on the floor, win it, whatever, whatever cost you can do, go out there and win. Um, you know, he's been one of the most durable guys in NBA history prior to the hamstring issue. Um, I know he's worked hard to get it to a great place. It's in a great place right now. Um, but during our run last year, he's never, he's never going to say, like, I'm not 100% because he doesn't ever want to give um, any excuses you know, especially during the middle of a playoff run. And he's also never going to want to, like, you know, indicate to his teammates or the other team that there's an issue. So so right there, man, like, that just, to me, that speaks so many different volumes of leadership, right? And, and who knows be- James Harden better than Daryl Morey? Probably no one, right? Um, this mm-hmm. is what I've been saying for a long time now. Like, he's a superstar, so he's not going to come out and, and try to make excuses and complain, but... You know, just the leadership, right? He doesn't want to distract the rest of the squad, right? He wants to come out, try to go to battle, and if he dies in the fire, it is what it is, you know? But he came out here, and Daryl Moore essentially said, you know, without saying it, like, he was not 100% throughout that playoff run. Right. I mean, I think it was clear. Like, I think anybody who's ever watched James Harden play prior to, not even even before the playoff run, just the, the end of the regular season, just watch him, you could tell something was up. And we had known that there was the hamstring when he got traded. But did he get better? Did it not get better? He wasn't really talking about it. You know, it's weird. It's one of those situations where it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if he comes out and says the hamstring is an issue, then then it's an excuse. If he doesn't say the hamstring is an issue, everybody's dogging him because it's like, what's like, you know what I'm saying? It's just he played bad. He's not this. He's not that. He's washed up. So, you know, I I respect that despite the fire he was under, he kind of was just like, I'm going to just keep playing. I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm just going to buckle down and we're going to, I'm going to go out on my shield. Like, I respect that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just like the fact that, you know, Daryl Morey comes to the defense of his guy here. You know, like there was a lot of talk, uh, you know, obviously it's his guy, so he always has his back. Um, but Morey essentially came out and said, you know, Harden's a leader, right? Like he's not going to make it about himself. He's not going to, you know, take away from what the team is trying to do. We know Joel Embiid had a catastrophic injury. He tried to play through it. I just like the sense of a GM that gets into detail like this and, you know, really just talks about his guys like that. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite parts of the interview in total, right? Like I listened to the whole thing, like sometimes people talk a lot and say nothing. You know what I mean? Like he (laughs) was actually he was actually telling us the fan base things that we want to hear and not just because like not like trying to make us happy but it's like the things we wanted to know about, like he was telling us, you know what I'm saying? Like he was both being super open but also not saying things that it was like you don't want other teams or other organizations to hear. He's just an open and honest guy. Like, I like that. I respect that. Exactly. Exactly. And at the end of the day, man, look, we every guy deals with injuries, right? We get down to the latter part of the season. Like, it, it's a grind. It's a tough grind. Mm-hmm. But 
let's just be honest. Like the way that we saw Harden and Embiid come out originally, that that was no fluke. Like these guys can do that. And honestly, like we'll get into this more as we go down the the clips. But like, if we get a healthy James Harden, a guy that could contribute and be efficient, I mean, there's no telling of what this team can do, especially with you know the renovations that we've made kind of on the, on the surface. Right. And what's crazy to me is even if we even if we get this James Harden, I feel like this is something we're going to talk about as we get further along, whether on this stream or the next. But even if if this is the James Harden we got, that was still the best pick and roll combination in the NBA. So this version <laughs> yeah. of James Harden was still a 20 and 10 guy who's going to have the best one two, uh, you know, two man game with Joel Embiid. Like, I don't I, I can only imagine what it looks like if he's uh, even a little bit healthier. You know what I'm saying? Like, because exactly. he was still very good. We were kind of just comparing him to old James Harden rather than comparing him to the league. When you just look at him versus the competition, he was still great. He just wasn't James Harden getting 36 a night. Exactly. And I don't think he has to be that. We will definitely hit on that later on. Shout out to Ping Boy, member for seven months, and Rick Bennett, member for 24 months. Can we get a yes, sir, for Rick, yes, man? Two sir. years. Rick is an OG. Rick the OG in the chat says, what's going on? Been a while. Shout out to Rick, man. Shout out to Superhero, showing us some love. My guy, another OG. John Castiglione, what's going on, bro? Ping Boy, Joseph, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in. Almost 200 in the chat. Hit the like button for your boys, man. It helps out the show. And I uh, appreciate everybody being here. All right, the next thing we got to get into, and, you know, it's interesting. Everybody this offseason, right, is saying the right things. They're doing the right things. It, this is refreshing for Sixers fans, right? I've been, I've been saying, like, this is the first offseason that's actually been a tad normal. Like, we don't have to deal with some BS. We don't have to, you know, worry about this or hear, like, about this conflict and Harden's been saying the right things. He's been, you know, addressing the injury issue, trying to get his body better, being open and honest. And Daryl Morey was very open and honest when he was asked in this interview about how the season ended. Like I always say, if you've been here for a while, you know, Daryl Morey, it, like I knew it for a fact the last two years when I saw this man come out to the exit press conference and literally get emotional. Like he wants it more than anybody. He's not one of those executives that just calls on his peasants and says do this do this do that like no he's into this he wants to win and all that coming together that is why he is so motivated you know to go out here and win a championship and and finish off the business but uh let's hear what James Harden had to say regarding how this season ended and you know just the utter disappointment that he was left with as well as the organization uh, the massage people like just incredibly disappointed how the season ended uh, when we tied the series 2-2 after with Miami after we lost to all those first two games and fought our way back to 2-2, um, the last two games were just felt strange to me. I'll just speak for myself. Like it looked like it felt like a you know a different team, and and I think look we have to all live with that, learn from it, and do better. Uh, and I think a lot of this off season has been about. How can we be better, both the team composition to the players and how they prepare to coaching? Like everyone's taking a step back and examining and saying, like, look, how can we how can we do that push all the way uh, and win the championship? Because the last two seasons, the way they ended, um, you know, were not neither year felt like what we're capable of. And it was disappointing. You've always been trying to get over the hump out west. You had the Warriors. 
James Harden, same situation. Joel wants to get over the hump. You have so many guys on this team, it seems like there's unfinished business. Do you get a sense that that is a collective feeling? Yeah, and I think Doc's done a lot of prep over the offseason to, you know, give the players the right messaging. Yeah, how many times have I sat up here on this show and said, Daryl Morey is trying to finish the unfinished business? Like, this man is just being straight up honest, man. But, Logan, what, what's your take on what he had to say about that disappointment? And, like, where, where do you think he's at in his career? Like, what, what is that urge like for this team? Do you think, like, he is in all-win-now mode? No, yeah, I think we're, I think this team is 1,000% in win-now mode. Like, I, I, I feel like, and I, I don't know if I'm in the majority or minority, but I feel like the window for this team winning the championship is, is closing. Like, it's not like it's, I'm not even saying it's narrow or anything, but it's, it's definitely closing. Like, I feel like a big part of what was so exciting about Joel Embiid last year uh, prior to the playoffs was like, yo, he finally stayed healthy. You know what I mean? Like health is always a concern with Joel Embiid. James Harden is o- only getting older and that hamstring, which uh, more even said it's in a good place right now. Like when you get 33, he's 33 years old, 34 it's harder to heal. You know what I'm saying? PJ Tucker is a little bit older. Tobias Harris is 30. Like, yes, we have Maxi who's young, but when you look at the core of this team, like they've got some experience and it. it's like, we, we got to do this now. I think the, I think the way he operated this off season and the people he brought in kind of shows like it's, it's go time. Like it's now. Exactly. We, we don't know how many more years left we have of Joel Embiid at this level or this healthy. Yeah, I actually agree with that. And and that's why I get kind of lost, you know, sometime in the sense of how the Sixers fans react to things. You know, when people say, oh, the last couple of years were kind of learning blocks and, and, you know, it happens. And like, no, those might have been the best opportunities, you know, that we've had. Like, think about how weak the conference was or how weak the path, right? All we talked about was, oh my gosh, we have the easiest path to the Eastern Conference Finals, yet we couldn't make that appearance. And I don't know about you, but I, I just see it like on his face, even in that clip, right? Like it, it's almost like bringing up a bad memory. Like I feel like he wants it so bad. And I feel like this off season has been the, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like we need to get the toughness. He, I feel like he listens, right? He goes on Twitter. I feel like he listens to the fan base. And he went out there and was like, you know, I'm going to push every button I need to. I'm going to listen to my guys. We need to get this done. We at least need to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And I, and I also think in a weird way, I think Maury puts a lot of pressure on himself because remember, Maury was kind of like the guy who was spearheading this like analytics, uh, you know what I'm saying? New way of building teams and stuff like that. So I feel like in a way, he probably feels like if I can do this, if we can, if I can win a championship or if I can build a team that wins a championship, it kind of shows I was right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when you have the Charles Barkleys and all these people talking about how analytics are dumb and, you know, it's stupid, like it's about basketball. Like, I feel like he feels an extra responsibility. Like, I know he just wants to win because I'm sure he's a competitor. You don't get into this business unless you are, right? But I think part of him also has pride in being like, I, I've always had this kind of philosophy and there have been a lot of people who have doubted this philosophy, but if I can do it, it's kind of like I was right all along. So I think he feels that as well. Absolutely. And, and he's definitely trying to finally get over that hump, right? This is a guy that's been so close. He's been so close. But he just like us, you know, he, he can't get over that hump. And I feel like he's finally trying to put it all together, bring it full circle. Like I said, finish the unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Um, I see people in the chat talking about is James Harden hurt? No, he's not currently hurt. Obviously, he's still dealing with <laughs> the hamstring injury, trying to heal that and get back to normal. But from what we're hearing, this is, you know, 
one of the best off seasons he's had, you know, physically preparing himself. We are just reacting to the clips. And finally, I mean, it's nice to finally hear someone like Daryl Morey kind of open up, you know, about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, I think earlier somebody in the chat was like, James Harden's already hurt. And then people yeah. kind of ran with it. He, yeah. He's not Sounds hurt. About right. He's not hurt. We're going to have to get the mod squad going. Uh, definitely for this season. <laughs> man. We're going to have a lot of live shows, man. So shout out to everybody in here. Shout out to uh, Cat on the Moon, one of our great channel members, coming in with a $5 donation. Appreciate the support. Says, I'm super pumped for the season. This is the best team since the last Jimmy Butler year. This squad has shooting defense and grit. I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll take it even a, a step further. I think this is the best team in the last decade. And I would actually give this team a better grade going into the season than the Jimmy Butler team, or at least when we acquire Toby and Jimmy. I think this squad, given the depth of the team, is better than that team. What do you think about that? Um, I, I think this team has more depth, but I wouldn't say that this team is better than that squad. I mean, that squad that had Ben, JJ, Jimmy, Tobias, and Embiid, like that five on the floor was like unstoppable. Like they had like a crazy plus minus. The issue was they didn't always stay on the floor together. And, you know, I'm a coach and there's a saying, the best ability is availability. And that five wasn't always available. So it didn't really matter that they were that good together like this team does have more depth but i just think in a vacuum if it's like yo this squad versus that squad i would probably give that team a slight nod but it's definitely not far off yeah yeah i I just think this team has a great fit and i think that's something that we've definitely addressed this offseason right the best fits around guys like joel and b james harden speaking of which taking us right into our next point uh the offseason edition so this was a big part of the interview and it was very nice at least from from my perspective to hear about his thought process, um, you know, going through this entire thing. And honestly, one of my favorite parts of this interview is coming up right here. And the reason for that is because Daryl Morey kind of talks about the evaluation technique that he takes, you know, when he looks at different players. And I think it's, it's very clever. Sometimes it gets overthought, but I think people don't realize like, how this can be simplified. And I think Daryl Moore does a great job, but let's hear what he had to say uh, about some of the pickups. Look, you know, we've had a lot of people who've worked both with doc, you know, and myself in the past, you know, Trez, everyone's, you know, everyone likes to make fun of the fact that we have a lot of former rockets, but Trez had his best years under doc, uh, six man of the year. And uh, he really flourished uh, after that Chris Paul trade that brought him to, to the Clippers and working with, and working with Sam Cassell. To get to your question, though, um, it's never like a one-to-one thing. It's really like, here's here's the array of opportunities. I try to go in without a like a specific thing. Like, we have to have X. Uh, and in fact, the Montrezl Harrell signing was one we didn't think would maybe happen. Um, so we were comfortable going in. By the way, I got to stop it right there, man. So many people, man. First off. The overreactions with Montrez. I know we, we kind of <laughs> talked about that off camera. Uh, yeah. What what a fantastic signing this late in the offseason. Uh, got into a thing with a guy on Twitter. He was like, you know, why hasn't anybody else picked the guy up? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, nobody was going to pick him up given his legal situation. But as soon as he became available, and we'll hear more about it later on, Daryl Morey jumped right on it. And that's what I love about GMs like Daryl Morey. He doesn't hesitate. He weighs all options. And if it makes sense, he goes and gets it. And that's something that we've needed for a long time before Daryl Moore. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to like what I was saying earlier. It's like, he's not afraid to, to miss, you know what I'm saying? Like 
the reality is this Montrezl Harrell signing might be great. And I think it's going to be a great addition. But even if it's not, like he went for it, he's not gonna he's not gonna sit around and then three months later or four months later be like, man, what if we would have got Montrezl Harrell? Like, what if I like he's like, no, I'm gonna do it, and we're gonna and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, well, guess what? At least we went for it and we didn't we weren't passive. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We didn't like. We didn't, we, we're not going to look back on it and be like, we wish we did this. It's just going to be, if it didn't yeah. work out, it didn't work out. Yeah. And that's, again, that's just another sign of a guy who's all in, but let's, uh, let's hear more about the additions here. And with what we had, uh, we thought that if there was an issue, we could address it during the season. Uh, but long way of saying like having a player like Montrez or with a skill set like that, we'd love to have, we just didn't think it would come now. I would guess it was going to come more like February or so. You hear that? And, and I don't mean to stop it again, but he's already thinking about the trade deadline. Like the season hasn't started yet. I mean, we used to get to the trade deadline a couple of days before and we used to hope and pray and, and cross our fingers that we would make a move. My man, Daryl yeah. Moore is already, already sitting and waiting like, okay, well, you know, I said, I was going to bring these guys in Bassey and Reed. If they don't work out, I'm ready to pull this trigger, go there. I love the mindset. I love it. He's all in. Right. And like, and I think that that quote right there is like the perfect, like how many GMs would have just been like, let's just sit and wait, let's sit and wait. And then if it's, and it might end up being too late, other people get hurt. He's like, no, like we have an opportunity. Let's seize the opportunity. Again, it's that fear. It's, it's that I'm not afraid to fail. Like I'm not afraid for this to not work out. I see an opportunity. I think it can benefit us. Let's do it. Exactly. I love it. Yep. It's a guy who's hungry. So, um, so you look at all the opportunities. I have discussions with you know our front office, with Coach Rivers, with ownership, and yes, also with our top players because you know when the top players like are involved and see the range of options and then see why we're making the decisions we make, they feel more invested. They feel more a part of everything, and they feel like you know it's just it's just a smart way to get everyone in the boat together. And so when they see all those options, yeah, there might be like, hey, I could use a pick and roll partner, you know, Montrose Harrell could do that. Or we looked at other well, other players who were better at maybe spacing the floor. Okay, yeah, if I don't have a pick and roll partner, I could use a spacer who might open up lanes for me. So it's more that than specific players. It just so happens that obviously, you know, we have James now. James, there are certain players that work well with James. So it's natural to maybe look for that fit. Similar, Joel just finished playing a series with P.J. Tucker. Um, P.J. was able to really impact that series in a lot of ways with his toughness, with his uh, high-level defense, with his energy on the floor, his offensive rebounding. Um, and Joel correctly said, hey, we could use a guy like that. But at no point did, they, did Joel and Bede say, like, we have to have P.J. Tucker just sort of you know, he happened to be available. If he hadn't have been a free agent, then, you know, we would have had to move in a different direction. It might have been an, a completely different direction from a P.J. Tucker. It might have a different profile. Because, again, I think if you go in like, we have to get X, that's where you overpay. That's where you create constraints for your ability to improve the team later. Man, that, to me, that that is one of, that might be my favorite part of this whole interview. Like, just hearing his tactics, you know, I, I get so tired of, uh, you know, the, the people saying Daryl Morey didn't do this, do that. Like, I feel like people sometimes live in a fantasy world. Like, if you look at when Daryl Morey came in compared to what he has now, like the way that he has gotten rid of dead weight, the way he has improved this roster, 
to me, he's pushed all the right buttons. Now it's just time for it to mesh together. And just hearing him say that, like, that was my favorite quote of this whole thing. It's, it, you know, you can't go in looking at player X, right? It's, we, we have a need. We're going to weigh our options. And he also talked about listening to the superstars, which I think is another huge point of emphasis that we've definitely stressed over the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think to to respond to that last part, like he's clearly listening to the players. But earlier, and I don't know if we're going to see the clip, but early in the interview, he talks about how the players also trust them. So like very clearly, there's a good relationship where it's like you guys can have your input and I'm going to listen to you. And obviously, I respect what you guys have to say and I respect what you guys want. We're going to we're going to do our best to get what you guys need. But he even specifically mentions like Joel Embiid trust him and Doc Rivers to make the right decision. So he made it a point. He's like, you know, Joel Embiid didn't come to me and say we need P.J. Tucker. He said we needed, you know, toughness and this and that. And P.J. Tucker was available. And that's the guy that we went to go get. So I, I love that. I love that he has a vision. I think a lot of times, you know, people get caught up in names and, and, you know, maybe like what, like the players they used to be or whatever. And he's, he's like, no, this is the vision. Like, this is where I want to take it. Who fits this? It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your stats are. Like, if you fit this role, we're going to bring you in. Cause again, we're trying to build a champion. We're not just trying to build, you know, a, a roster that has a bunch of names on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think people honestly overplay the whole PJ Tucker thing. Like even Daryl said, we don't have the clip for that, but like at one point in this interview, he says, you know, I'm not worried about PJ when he's 40. Okay. People keep signing this guy off early. Like, all he's done is gone to the playoffs, contributed. He won a championship two years ago. He, I mean, they almost won one in Houston. They got close. He went out there, and, and like you said, you know, P.J. Tucker was available. So what did he do? He went out and got one of the best free agent targets in a light free agent class. Like, I feel like every single move people expected to be, you know, the, the next all-world thing. No, you got to Im- improve your team incrementally the way that you can based on how much you have available. and. I don't know. I just think he's made this team better. He addressed the needs that we had and look at where we're at now compared to a few months ago, compared to a year ago. Like we are definitely better right now. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're a fan of the Sixers and you don't think we're better now, like I don't, I don't really know what you wanted them to do within a realistic round. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what realistic moves they could have made to appease someone who doesn't think we're better now. I also like what I find interesting, two points when it comes to to PJ Tucker, one, it's like, we know we're in win now mode. So people are like, Oh, three-year deal. What's he going to look like when he's 40? You know what? He might look terrible when he's 40, but he's not 40 this year. And we're trying to win this year. So I care about what he looks like at 37, not even 38, unless he's turning 38 this season. Then I care what he looks like. Absolutely. Right. But I, I'm not worried about what he looks like in a couple of years. And then the second thing, is I feel like people kind of were like, why would we even sign him for three years knowing he's going to be 40 at the end of the deal? Like, I'm of the mindset, like, you're worth what somebody gives you. If he gave him a three-year deal, that must have been because he had some kind of knowledge that if we don't give him this deal, he's going to go sign somewhere else. I don't think people were offering him a, you know, a, a, a one-year deal, and then we're like, oh, we're going to, all right, we'll do a three-year deal. Like, no, he must have been getting comparable offers, and that's why we did what we did. Absolutely. I think sometimes fans think like, oh, we're just like, they're just throwing all this money in all these years for no reason. Like nobody wants to overpay anybody. There's a salary cap. You're trying to, you really want to pay people as little as possible, but people are worth what they can get. Not what we think they're worth. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. same with like, I know people are mad are mad about the Tobias uh, Harris contract. Like 
he's worth that much money if we gave it to him because if we didn't, someone else would have. You know what I'm saying? It's just, some, again, sometimes these deals work out. Sometimes they don't, but Maury is willing to roll the dice, and I respect that. Exactly, and, and even if he gave a little bit more to get what he wanted, again, this team, the mindset is we have to go in and make something happen. You know, if we didn't get P.J. Mm-hmm. Tucker, everybody would have been saying, well, why didn't we get anybody? And, you know, another yep. thing is just like, like back to the Montrez Herald thing, like, again, I, I want to get younger. I want to get more athletic. But at the same time, Daryl Morey understands, right? Bassey looked a little bit underwhelming in Vegas, right? We're going into the season. We're trying to get to a championship. And you got a second-year center that hasn't played much. I mean, it's just common sense. And then something falls right into your lap. I love his mindset, and I just love the way that he's approaching this. And even from last year, standing on his ground, until now, it's like, I just feel like if he wants something or say we get into the season and there's a certain need, I don't have any doubt that he's going to be able to go out there and get it done. Right. And I, I think like, listen, like I'm not, I'm not sitting here acting like I don't have strong opinions and I don't think sometimes the coaching staff makes mistakes. Like they do obviously sometimes like nobody's perfect. You're going to, you do with the best you can. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but like, we have to remember like these coaches see Bassey every single day. If they're watching this guy every single day, like we're talking games, we're talking practice, we're talking about when he comes in for individual workouts, when he's in the weight room, like they see this guy. They know better than we know if he's ready to play or not. Like I, I have to trust, like if they still feel like, yo, we need to bring in a Montrezl Herald, there's a reason for that. It's not just because they like the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like they're looking at what they have and they're like, we need to bring in somebody else. Again, it doesn't yeah. mean it's going to work out, but like, Bassey has had opportunities in like not necessarily in NBA games, but we've seen him in summer league, not look great. And he's not going against the guys in summer league that he would in the playoffs. Yeah. And all we care about is the playoffs. Like I don't care about the regular season. Like I want to get a high seed, but at the end of the day, we know this team is, is trying to win a championship. If Bassey's not looking great in summer league, I don't know why some of our fans think all of a sudden come June, he's going to be a monster. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah, exactly. And he just needs more experience. And I just think it's crazy. Like, you know, (laughs) I I get it. Like we're not sitting up here saying like, we don't think doc rivers may overplay mantras. Hell, right. Every guy has his pros and his cons, but I mean, at one point we're talking about Hassan Whiteside. We're talking about Robin Lopez. Like we got mantras. Hell, we got a dog. We'll hear about it more in a little bit. Like he has experience with these guys. I made a video literally a couple days before we ended up signing him. I'm like, you know, he's got pick and roll connection with James Harden. He's got a six man of the year under Doc Rivers. Like I get it. He got, you know, he he was out outplayed and overplayed in the playoffs. I get it. That was what three years ago. Like it's like things change every year, and and we have a, a complete team here. And we just needed a guy to eat up some backup minutes. And if he doesn't play well, guess what? You can keep developing your guys. I, I don't get why everybody overreacted. And I, I love his mindset. Right. And, and what's, what's so crazy to me is like, listen, Montrezl's not, he's not a great defender. We know he's not a great defender. But what I he's thought was so weird is the example people were given were the off and on numbers with Jokic. <laughs> like, like we're not saying like he's not getting cooked by just Joe Schmo. Like people were like, look at look at how he defended Jokic. Well, last I checked, Jokic is giving everybody that work. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like it's not like he was going against a second string center and and getting destroyed. Like people were using numbers against Jokic as like a point to say he's not a good defender. Like he's not a great defender. But again, if they're bringing him in 
That means that they feel like he's still as, as bad of a defender as we think he is. They still feel like he gives us a better chance than some of the other bigs that we have. And the reality is that's probably true because even though Paul Reed is versatile, Paul Reed picks up three fouls in 30 seconds. So, you, exactly. uh, and that has so many, you know, like that's has such a negative effect on the team for so many different reasons. I don't even know if we got time to go into, but you can't just have a backup center coming in and picking up fouls immediately. And then you have to go right back to Joel Embiid and now he doesn't get the rest he gets. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Montrez Harrell is a guy who's great offensively, not so good defensively, but he provides so many of the things that our fan base, myself included, claimed we needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all I heard was we need to be tougher. We need grit. Like, we need, we need scoring off the bench. Those were like the three things we heard about. And he does all three of those things. I never heard somebody say we need to be better defensively at the backup center spot. <laughs> it, it, yeah, when, when we signed him, I said right off the bat, I'm like, give it two weeks into the season. And I, I felt like I had deja vu because I, I, you know, I'm, I remember making the video when we signed Dwight. I remember making the video when we signed Drummond. Every single time, it's, oh my gosh, this is awful. Give it two weeks into the season. This guy's going to have the whole Wells Fargo riled up, man. I, mm-hmm. I can't wait. But yeah, when man. When they see that dog he got in them, they're going to love him. Exactly, man. But yeah, you know, now I feel like we have a pretty complete team. Sure, things may have to happen, which I'm confident Daryl Morey will, you know, get done as we go. Uh, but certainly a lot of pressure. Um, and a lot of expectations now, especially when you pick up another dog uh, off the bench. Shout out to everybody in the chat, though, man. 250 plus up in here. Talking Daryl Morey's interview. We're reacting. We have a lot more clips to get to. A lot of great things that you do not want to miss. I don't know about you guys. I, I thought this was very refreshing hearing our guy. I feel like we have one of these each season, you know, when we come out here and just and just get like some open insight um, and, and it's definitely interesting, man. It's definitely interesting. So if you are out there, hit that like button. Shout out to uh, Logan as well for joining us, man. We'll definitely be doing this a lot. Uh, show him some love as well in the chat. But before we get back to the action, man, uh, shout out to the sponsor of today's show. Let's get checked. Number one leading provider for at-home testing kits. Let's get checked. Makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. With Let's Get Checked, you can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. And once your completed test is sent in and the sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. And then those results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked team will call you to review the results. Their labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Uh, Here's the product. You literally get it in the mail comes in in a few days. Uh, honestly, I've used this product myself. And I'm, honestly, I was surprised. Like, I didn't know it was possible to go ahead and avoid those uncomfortable long doctor's visits, you know, and just be able to get through and expedite that whole process. Um, so let's get checked as done me well. And if you want to avoid those long office visits and, and you don't want to have to deal with the whole co-pays and the whole call in and all the process, man, click that link down below in the description. Use code Philly25, get 25% off your order. Any kind of tests you need, man, they will provide you with the testing, the results, the reviews, all that good stuff, man. Check them out. Link down below in the description. All right, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. So the next thing I want to talk about uh, is is Daryl Morey, and he essentially talked about James Harden and the version of James Harden that we need to see. I think this is important. 
He really went out here and, and said something that I've been preaching for months, for months. And let, let's just go ahead and uh, let's hear what he had to say about it. I mean, I think if you were to say the, you know, you know, obviously the new players on the team, you know, I think are two-way players and are going to set the stage. But, you know, winning the title really comes down to your best players. And probably the key things are we need Joel to yet again give us an MVP level performance. We need James to be just him himself. Like, uh, does not even, we don't even need... Five years ago, James, we need, like, the guy that we saw last year for most of the games. Uh, but the biggest inflection point is probably we need Maxi to take another step forward. Like, And he can do it. He can do it. He's putting the work in. Look, most – it's really hard. Like, he took before, – Before he gets to Maxi, man, I just, I just want to point on what he said there about James Harden. Um, I've been saying forever, man, we don't need Houston Harden. He went out there and said it right then and there. He said he needs to be himself. We don't need five years ago James. We need last year's James. We need Brooklyn James. We need the efficient James Harden. And as he'll, you know, he'll get into more here. But I, I just think that's huge, man. Like, we don't need the vintage James Harden. That Harden is long gone. We need an efficient James Harden that's going to find his teammates, you know, knock down shots in different ways and just help make this team more coherent. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget that when he was with Brooklyn, he was an MVP candidate. There was a long stretch of that season where people thought he was legit possibly going to win the MVP or was going to be in the discussion of winning MVP. And then even when he got to Philly, like I think if you I think if you just ask Sixers fans, like, do you want a point guard that's going to get you 20 and 10, be great in the two-man game with Joel Embiid, help Maxi develop, be able to knock down shots and win you a few games? everybody would say yes. And that's exactly what James Harden was. I think that, I think a lot of the criticism around James Harden surrounded the fact that he was James Harden and not his actual play. And that's, and while I too expected a little bit more because of who he is, like that's on us. Like we got to check our, our, our expectations and be like, yo, when you just look at it, the guy got 21 and 10. I mean, he was still, that's, that's an elite level of play. Not many guys are going out and getting 21 and 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it just strikes me as interesting. Like, like you just said, you know, it was more about the person than the play. Right. And there were all these expectations when, in fact, we, we offloaded a guy that wouldn't play that had all these troubles. And, and we got a player that, you know, at one time, th this was a great partnership with Harden, Maury and, and with good players around them. And again, they're trying to finish that business. But it, it's just crazy to me, like how people have these crazy expectations when it's, you know, I, again, I agree. Like, and Maury said it in this interview at one point, like there were games where he was the, the reason we lost. And that's true. There were also games where he showed that flash and it looked like he was somewhat healthy. And if we yeah. can just get that version and just get a more consistent, healthy James Harden with this squad, I mean, we can be a lethal team. Right. And listen, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going front. Like I'm not a fraud. Like I, I was somebody who was angry at the end of the season two with James Harden, but my anger came more, from the fact that I felt in that last game, I feel like he didn't go out on his shield. Now, it didn't have anything to do with the player that I felt like he was or wasn't at this stage. I felt like he just give more in that game. Now, obviously, when I like I was emotional, but when I look back, I'm like, oh, he probably just wasn't healthy. And I get that. But like you said, like the James Harden of last year, I think that's enough James Harden for us to be really, really good. 
And, and I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as like, we need this vintage Harden to come back or we need it. No, we, we need him to be in shape and we need him to be healthy. Yeah. And I feel like if we have those two things, we're in good shape. I don't, I don't think there's any Sixers fan out there that looked at James Harden at the end of game six and said, you know, they, you know, we're happy. Right. But right. I, I always knew that he was coming back. I knew it was very likely. And I think how this season or how this offseason played out is we both got a good end of the deal. And now he is very motivated, both for individual reasons and team reasons, to go out there and finally get over the top. He realized this could be one of his best shots to win a championship and also kind of extend his career and make himself more money. So I, I just think yeah. it worked out perfect. I, I think the only if there's anything that I kind of put on James Harden with this whole James Harden like hate train, if you will is I do think he has to take some of the responsibility to the fact that he want like the way he kind of forces himself out of situations. Like, I feel like that didn't help him either. Right. Like what he, he kind of forces himself out of Brooklyn. So when he gets here, you know, it's kind of like, all right, this is what you wanted. Now you have to perform whether that's fair or not. I feel like that was also part of it. And that part of it, I get, but anybody like, if you're just looking at the basketball for people to be like, he's washed or he's not this, or he's not that from a pure basketball perspective, like, no, he was still very, very good. He yeah. might not have been the James Harden of old, but he was very good. Yeah. I just think that some of that hate probably came from the fact of, you know, forcing out of Houston and then you force out of Brooklyn. And it's like, yeah. well, now you're where you say you want to be. It's time to perform. It just doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. I, I do get the point about Houston. I think when it came to Brooklyn, I just, you know, I think he realized who he was actually with at that point. And honestly, we, we heard it from him, right? He wanted to come to Philly. That was his, uh, yeah. his primary destination that, that he wanted, but I don't know. I mean, obviously he has to show up. He has to perform. This is a huge opportunity for his career. Uh, but like Daryl Morey said, I'm glad he said it. So it's not just me all the time saying it's like, we just need the 20 and 10 hard and the guy that can mm -hmm. dime people up can draw some defenders, and, and can help the development of some of these other guys. Speaking of which, let's hear what Daryl Morey had to say about our young phenom Tyrese Maxey. So his rookie year was way ahead of schedule. His second year was way, way ahead of schedule. And to ask him to do another leap forward is asking a lot, but we do need it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does it, given how much time he puts in. I mean, do you literally have to lock him out of the building sometimes? Because <laughs> they've joked about that. Doc has during the season, off season. I don't think no one's locking him out. Like he can, yeah. he can come in at five, and uh, obviously our staff will be here with him um, during the season. Yeah, Doc has literally had to, you know, monitor and say, you know, this has to be an off day because you just need that after back to backs, four and fives, uh, and sometimes. You know, players like him are so hungry to improve, um, you know, need to take that step back. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think about the, the leap comments and about him making a jump, you know, in year three? And, you know, is, is that, like he said, one of the most vital elements in addition to, you know, getting that healthy Harden back? Um, I'm kind of torn about it. Like, I, first of all, I'm glad that he said it wouldn't be fair. Like he, he makes a point to say it wouldn't be a necessarily a fair expectation to put on him another massive jump because he was, he did outperform what I think we felt like he would be as a rookie. And then last year he took a massive jump. And I think that the reality is sometimes, uh, progress isn't always like a linear path. Like you don't always just take leap and leap and leap. Like sometimes you take a little bit of a step back before you take another step forward. And I think it's very possible 
Cause I know we all see the videos of Maxi working out like a madman. I think it's possible that he can be a better player, but not necessarily take a huge statistical jump. And for me, that would be okay. Like I'm, I know some people are like, is he going to get 26 a game this year or 27 a game? Like that's a huge leap. I don't know if he's going to do that because part of what happened last year is now everybody's circling him on their scouting reports, right? Like you still got to focus on Embiid, but it wouldn't actually surprise me if a lot of opposing coaches are looking at him as number two instead of Harden. Like this is the second guy we're keen on and not James Harden. So like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic of him taking the jump but I, I don't think that our championship hopes rely on a massive uh, leap or a huge leap from Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I think what it's about an you? interesting comment as well. Um, I have been saying that, you know, I don't expect Tyrese to take a huge statistical jump. People keep asking, you know, what does he need to work on this offseason? Like, what will be a leap for him? I think, it, you know, just like you said, it's becoming a smarter player, right? Limiting the turnovers, like finding the spots better on the floor and learning how to, you know, be consistent game in, game out. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, Tyrese will be handed the keys to the, to the car, and he's going to be that guy. Now, you know, if he is the step up this year, and I mean, we saw glimpses of it, right? Like, he's shooting from 36. I mean, he's just knocking down shots. We saw that huge game against the Raptors in the playoffs. Like, he has it, and that's something we talk about a lot. Like, he has that Philly dog, that heart in him. He's going to be great, but... I think people, again, even with like James Harden, like they expect these huge statistical jumps, but it's just about being the best fit, the best talent for the team and letting it all mesh and come together. And you talked about Max, you talked about Embiid, Harden. First off, that's already hard enough to game plan for. How about when you throw PJ Tucker out there on both sides of the ball, you know, uh, making things happen? How about when you throw a guy like DeAnthony Melton coming off the bench? All these guys coming together, like, if if Maxi can mesh with this team and find his spots, I think I just think he's going to continue to develop on this trajectory we're seeing. It might not be a year one to year two jump because he went from barely playing to looking like a potential superstar. But I think if okay. he becomes a better player overall, like he he's going to be very efficient for this team. For sure. And that's that's the key word. That's literally was what I was about to say. Like what I want to see for me, a, a jump or a leap for Maxi is just being more efficient, working smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, can I get to my spot in two dribbles instead of three, four dribbles? Like little stuff like that, I think would make a huge difference and continuing to be able to catch and shoot um, from the corners or being able to hit drive and kicks from uh, from James Harden. Like all of that stuff would be a huge leap for me. Like he doesn't have to increase his scoring by five or six points a night. I want to see him be more consistent. I want to see him uh, be more efficient. And I want to see him maybe like, not that he's a bad defender, but doing it on that end too, like be somebody who's going to do it on both ends. That's kind of what I'm hoping to see from him. But again, I'm not, I'm not looking for his scoring to increase by a huge margin. Like Joel Embiid is going to get his shots. Uh, Harden's going to get his shots. A guy that I love that our fan base is turning on Tobias Harris, who you didn't mention Tobias Harris is going to get his shot. Like there's there, like, we're going to have more than enough scoring on this team. And I think on any given night, it's going to be somebody's night. Um, but from when it comes to Maxi, like I want to see like the efficiency, I want to see you do it, continue to get better on the defensive end and being able to, like you said, be a fit, be, be a fit. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I just think it's, turning it on every single game, right? And that also comes down to the coach, like getting your guys in the right positions, which I do want to ask you about in a little while 
about Doc Rivers. But yeah, man, like we have a plethora of options, man. And now we add like these key role pieces that can just fit. I feel like that's something we've continually tried to address. And now I, I don't feel like we have that liability, but we'll wait and see what happens. The last clip I want to play is Daryl Morey, you know, talking about kind of how he's, you know, addressed the culture here and, and really what he has looked for in terms of like, you know, player to player and, and you know, what he goes through when, when he tries to bring guys in. I thought this was very interesting and a little bit funny as well. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen. I'd say the biggest surprise are the players who can't play here. <laughs> it's actually not helpful to me. Like, I, I really, like, the, I need, the more options I have. I mean, we, we know right off the bat, like, we know who he's talking about. He's talking about yeah, Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. He's talking Amherst. about the, the, the guys that can't play here, that, that they're not built, right? And I love how over time he gets more open about the Ben Simmons situation. I feel like even during the trade deadline, like, you know, people were all frustrated and angry at per normal. I said, I'm putting my faith in more. He's going to put his foot down and get something done, which he did. But, you know, even during the trade deadline, he's out here talking about open trade packages, how guys make us better. I'm telling you, this dude loves the game. But now it's like now he's taking that next step. He's like, it's true. Like he's listening to the fan base. Like not every dude can play in Philadelphia. I feel like a team like, you know, New York, right? They're having some of the troubles with that. Like, you got to have that certain DNA to fit in this city. And, and again, I going back to what you said earlier, I feel like he's addressed that and brought in pieces like Trez who are going to fit perfectly here because they get what it's like to play in that type of atmosphere. Yeah, you got to be built different. For, for better and for worse, the Philly fans are, are emotional and passionate. And if you're not built a certain type of way, you're not going to make it. And I mean, you're talking to one of the biggest Ben Simmons fans in the world. Like I'm, I'm still a Ben Simmons guy. Like he, how can you come on here and say that, man? Your, your nah, credibility listen, was great. I'm say, <laughs> despite everything, I'm still a Ben Simmons guy. Like he's not who I thought he was, but I still, I still have strong opinions about who I think he can be. But it, I, I, again, this is like, and we keep saying it, but this is one of the things where it's like, this is why I like Maury. Like he's got, he's, he, he can both tell you what it is without like sounding a way where it's like you're messing up. You know what I mean? Like that's a fine line between like keeping it real and being like, Oh, you shouldn't have said that. And he yeah. knows how to like toe that line. Yeah. Nah, he definitely does. And I feel like he just doesn't care at this point in his career. He's like, I want the guys I want and I'm going to say it how it is. Um, yeah. Shout out to the it's chat. like, it's like when you become like when you know who you are and it's like, you have that confidence. It's like, I'm going to be me and I'm okay with that. Like some people might not like it, some people might love it, but like he, you could tell he's comfortable in his position. Yeah, exactly. The chat's throwing you a lot of thumbs down, no. man. They're throwing you a lot of boosts. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now, man. I don't, I don't know how long you've been keeping up, but man, like I, oh, I've yeah. called the entire Ben Simmons situation. I might, I might as well just call myself the enthusiast of that whole debacle. Um, I've been calling it the entire time. All the media painted it out, just not to get too far on a tangent, but. I said he wouldn't play the entire season. I'm going to give you a hot take in the chat right now. I'm going to extend my take mm. from last season. Mm. I, I don't think he's going to play a, a huge chunk of this season either. I just don't think he wants it. I don't think he's built. I think something else will come up to continue that whole saga, which will just yeah. make us look better. And, I mean, Daryl Morey's right, man. He's not built. He's not. Listen. I, I feel like, I feel like, cause I just peeked over the chat. I feel like I got to <laughs> oh, defend going myself just a little bit. They're going off Just a off little bit. 
Okay, let me let me let me explain myself just a little bit. And first of all, I appreciate somebody in the chat was like, he's been solid so far. We're gonna let this one slide. I appreciate that. <laughs> Danny say, I appreciate you, bro. My thing about Ben Simmons was and always is this. And from a mental standpoint, like yo, he's not, he's not, he's not a dog. I thought that he I like prior to all of that, I thought he had he's some not of that even a, he's not even a cat, bro. <laughs> but, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. This is why I felt like there was that wasn't always the case. Because remember when Dudley was talking at mess, he went out and got what? 30-something in the playoffs, 30-point triple-double when they said he couldn't score. You know what I'm saying? So he he showed flashes of having that dog in him, right? But that aside, because clearly he's not a dog, my thing with Ben Simmons is has always been if you take out shooting, which is a huge part of it, but if you were to take that part out, he's almost like a perfect basketball player, like great vision, great handle, incredible defender can guard one through five athletic. Like he has all the tools, but he doesn't have it here. And he can't, because of that, he can't shoot the ball. And like, that's, that's a huge problem. I'm not, I'm not defending that at all, but I'm just saying that's why I was always a Ben guy. Cause I'm like, all right, if there's any skill you can develop as a basketball player, you can take 10,000 shots in the off season and become a better shooter. Oh, you can. It's all you the can. other stuff. It's all the other stuff he can do that some guys will just never be able to do. And that's why I was always a big fan of his. I look, I was a Ben guy at one time too, but then I realized, you know, he just doesn't have it and he's just, well, we'll keep that for another right. day, but he just doesn't want it. I, and I agree with, listen, I agree with you in that part. Like I'm not, I'm not, listen, there was a time where I was still ready to like die on that hill. Like, nah, we got to keep him. You got to let that go. You got to let that I let go. it go. I let all that go. You so I'm let with, go. listen, I right, respect that. I'm with y'all. <laughs> respect. I just think he has some tools that many people don't have. That's all I'm saying. Respect. All right. Let's, let's listen to what uh, Moore had to say uh, about, the season coming up as well. Have the better, but I do think I'm starting to learn, and I do love it about Philadelphia because I do think it gets the best out of our team, and I've seen it with not only our team but the Eagles and the Phillies. Um, there, you, and I never understood this being in Houston when people would say, "Oh, you need to have a special mindset to play in Philly. You need to have a special mindset maybe to play in." New York, although I think that's less true. Honestly, I can only speak to Philadelphia because I've been here now. I do think I really do pay attention to the mindset of the players. And I just, I just want to jump in real quick. Like how can you out there? Like I, I still remember the people continuing to flood the comments and the tweets and all like, how can you hate on this man? This is the exact type of executive you want leading your team. He listens. He literally listens. He feels the pulse. There's not a lot of GMs that would be this in tune and say, yeah, like, you know, Maybe there is something with this, with the air in this city, with the fan base. Like, maybe I do need to adjust my approach. Like, everything he has said in this interview has just showed me he continues to pay attention and continues to learn. He said it right there, man. Right. Like, like I said, like, I feel like, I feel like so many coaches, GMs, owners, like so many people in these positions of power, they talk a lot and they say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just where it's like, yeah, you're yeah. just talking in circles. You you're, you're like Derek, like Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter's a break. He talked a lot, but he said nothing like Maury is actually speaking. And he, he like you, when he's talking, it's like, Oh, he's actually giving us something. He's yeah. not just, he's not just trying to make sure he doesn't have a headline. Uh, you know what I'm saying? For the paper. Like, no, he's actually talking to us. Yeah. He keeps it real, man. He keeps it real. Mm -hmm. Can they, can they handle playing in Philadelphia? Cause I, I do think it's a different thing. So do you think that was a big part of Ben Simmons and what happened here? It just got to him <laughs> and, and the pressure? 
I mean, for me, I look at that whole thing as like us trying to win the title. And I do think James Harden's a better fit for our, you know, the <laughs> us winning the title right now. So I think of facts, man. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. So the next time you people come out here and continue to say, oh, well, this, this, hard and that, we got rid of a dude that wouldn't play the game. And I know people still say, oh, you're not over the situation. I've been long gone over this situation. I just have told it how it is the entire time. And here he is saying it again. Like, we got the better fit. Somehow he pulled off the guy that he absolutely loves, like his dear child, and brought him in here. And if he can get better and, and be a little healthier, we got a good chance at, at going a long way, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I went the regular show in the pre-show. He told me he wasn't going to keep showing that clip to the Ben Simmons part. And he, just, <laughs> he left it in there. He left it in there. No, nah, but I agree with man. you, man. James Harden, he's he's the perfect fit. Like he's the perfect fit and, and from a basketball standpoint. The way you have to defend that pick and roll with him and Embiid, like you just, you're putting yourself in a bad position. No matter what you do, it's like you're giving up something, and that wasn't the case when we had Ben Simmons. You were able to defend it. Exactly. Give it more about as a as a positive thing that yeah. where we're at now than any sort of negative thing. And these guys that you brought in, the toughness, I mean, they, they kind of fit Philadelphia. Well, <laughs> yeah, Montrez Harrell. I'm glad we're talking about this right after we signed him. I love this part, too. This is the last mm -hmm. clip we'll end off on, but he, he talks about Trez and he literally echoes some of the things that I've said, that Logan said, that we all say. And, and before we continue to overreact, some of the Sixers fan base I'm talking about, let's just hear what the executive, the guy that has met the guy, that has drafted the guy, that has been with coaches who have been with the player, have said about Montrez Harrell and how he will fit. Philadelphia's going to love it. I've, his motor, unbelievable. Like, to the point where you can't believe it sometimes. Like, uh, you know, you know anyone who's had children and, you know, they sometimes when they're young, you're like, how are they still energy? Well, you're falling asleep on the <laughs> I mean, he, he has energy for days, like, and <laughs> plays with such a joy and hard. Um, you know, folks are going to really, really love him. Sounds like That's what I like to hear, man. You know, just the motor again, bringing that energy. I, I mean, I just think it fell right into our lap. Like, it's just one of those moves that you love. And if it doesn't work out, it's not like there's some crazy obligation to keep him around. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. I, I'm a little bit worried about Doc, which I, we'll get into next. But, like, you know. I mean, it's a good move to me, and that's what I like to hear. A guy that's going to bring that energy, just like Andre Drummond did for this team last year. Yeah, for sure. And I think it makes sense from a basketball standpoint, but I think it also makes sense from a relationship standpoint. He and Doc have a relationship. He and Daryl Morey have a relationship. Him and Harden, like earlier in the interview, he says how uh, it wasn't only the pay cut that allowed them to bring in Harold, but it was also him talking to Montrez, being like, yo, like you got to come out. Like, we need you on the team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think for so many reasons, this is a good signing. And like, truthfully, all those relationships and all those other reasons can, it might bring another level out of Montrez here. I think people look at him and they assume he's old. Like, I guess he just seems old. Like people yeah. feel like he's been around forever. Just like, like they I'm thought, pretty just, sure he's like 28. He's 28. Just like they thought Drummond was old. Drummond was 28. It was the right. same thing. Same yeah, thing. so I mean, the guy is athletically like in his in his athletic prime, like he's got good years ahead of him. And sometimes all it takes is the right situation to take a, a guy who who is good and allow him to elevate. You know what I mean? And with that motor, there's no reason why he can't improve in some of the areas that he had a hard time. in. again, maybe he doesn't. But I think this was a very low risk, high reward signing.
Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And it's, it's, again, it's a guy that fell right there, and it's a good chance to take. Like, I would rather have Montrose Harrell forever than, than try a Hassan Whiteside on this team. Like, I've just, I've seen the two, right? And again, he played his best ball under Doc Rivers. And what happened when we brought Tobias here, who played his best ball, right? And we brought Doc Rivers here. Like, Tobias showed up, right? And he had a great year a couple years ago. So, I don't know. I think it could be a good fit. And and you you brought up a great point. We didn't have that clip up. But, like, you know, Harden recruited him as well, right? Harden was all up in the messages saying, yo, like, we need a guy. And I feel like he's had that influence this offseason, whether it's Daniel House or, you know, all the other former Rockets, right? Like, Harden and Embiid have their input. And that's important. Yeah, and 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 I think you know it's it's funny because it's like again a lot of I feel like a lot of the fan base not everybody but a lot of people in the fan base were upset with the signing but it's like they would they'll also turn around and say like we need to bring in guys that fit well if James Harden himself is saying this is the guy I want like you know what I'm saying then we should at the very least we should be crediting the signing because it's like yo James Harden feels like this is a guy that can help they have a prior relationship we can get him for a pretty low salary like. Yeah. There's no, it's again, very low risk in this signing and a potentially super high reward. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Mr. 89 with the $5 donation. He says, great show. Appreciate that. One question for Logan. What was your oh, reaction man. when Ben passed up the wide open dunk against the Hawks? Take it uh, away, man. Listen, good pass. No, I'm just like, I'm just like, nah, I would have to boot you was, off. I would have to boot you off. <laughs> nah, I was livid. I was like, that was, that was the moment. Like that was the moment where I was like, oh, like he, like, Obviously, he he wasn't playing well the whole game, but that was like a moment where I was like, "Oh, he's not that guy. Like, he's just not." Um, you, yeah, you and, want? You know, I don't mean to interrupt, but you know, you want to know what's crazy? Like, I don't even think that was the moment that game. Like, it, obviously, it was the moment, right? The one that got played and played and played, and it was awful. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment I don't know if you remember earlier in that game where he picked up a second foul, like very early on. It was in the first quarter, and the camera just showed him walking over to the bench, like no emotion. This was in a game seven and he just puts on the warm up tee and just sits down like no emotion yeah. at all as the crowd is going nuts. Even before that catastrophic moment, I got, you know, outplayed so many times. Like I just knew then and there, like you're not up for that. You're not pissed that you just picked yeah. up a second foul. That's the point for me where it was like, nah, nah. Yeah. And especially in the game seven, I mean, you see guys in the game seven, they pick up that second foul. They're like, yo, I'm not going to pick up a third, like keep me in. Exactly. You know, so I'm good. Exactly. I'm not going to pick up a third foul. And he, he was content with just going off. I mean, yeah, like I said, it wasn't, there were, there were moments prior to that where you, it was like building and building and building, but obviously man, like that was, that was like unforgivable. I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand that. But like, what, what it was just like it was one of them things where it was like forget all right you don't shoot but it's like now you're scared to go to the free throw line like you don't even want to step up to the bad. free throw line man like was that bad. was yeah and he never that was he, tough. He never improved it. he never got better and it just it stings it stings yeah. especially with what we saw but um the last thing i want to talk about and by the way shout out to everybody in the chat man they they're loving the the show here so like I said, we're going to be going live a lot. Training camp coming up. We're going to be covering it, you know, every day. So be sure to stay tuned in. Also, Sixers break room. Check out Logan's stuff. He's been on Appreciate the grind and doing his thing. Um, Doc Rivers. Now, I don't know your take on Doc Rivers. I know mm-hmm. my take on Doc Rivers is that, you know, I understand why they stayed with him. I understand why they went with him. You know, again, this team's in win-now mode. But I got to be honest with you, like, I'm not going to say I'm fully out on Doc Rivers, but I okay. don't have belief 
you know, nearly as much as I thought I would have, especially after last season, the last regular season game. That was my tipping point for Doc Rivers when Paul Reed had a monstrous game. And this was a guy that once again proved you kind of wrong because you wanted to continue playing DJ, even though it was pretty obvious you had to go with the more athletic guy, which, by the way, it was the second time in two years he got proved wrong by what it, by what people wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And then he actually did it and tried to play it off, right? And he said, we're not going to go on a Paul Reed victory tour. And just tried to play off the fact that he was wrong about that and made other people feel bad. That was my tipping point for Doc Rivers. Now, coming to this season, we got to give it a shot, right? Like, you got guys waiting in the, in the, in the background, in the flesh, right? Like, mm-hmm. we got guys that are capable, but we need to have a great season. And before I give you even more takes, like, what, what do you think about Doc Rivers? Like, do you think he can get the job done? Are you a believer in Doc? Or are you frustrated? Like, what, what is your overall take on Doc Rivers and his team? Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big Doc guy like i i think doc is a good coach um i don't think he's like this incredible coach um like a lot of people do but what's weird is like i watch the games and i feel that way but i feel like when his contemporaries like when other coaches and players talk about doc like they rave about doc and i think that has to do more with the relationship than it does the x's and o's and for that reason i believe in him because i think the players believe in him i think he gets those guys um to kind of you know, have a, have a, like, you know, one cause kind of thing. Like he really builds that, like us against the world culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I think like, he really does build it like that Ubuntu or whatever it was with Boston. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I feel like he, he knows how to do that. I think he knows how to motivate and get guys going from an X's and O's standpoint. Like when I watch them play, cause I, I, I coach basketball and I'm not going to pretend like I know nearly as much as doc doc rivers has probably forgotten more basketball you know what I'm saying? Then then I've coached at this point, but I do see some of the things we're doing. And I'm like, I, I, you know, it's very vanilla. I feel like there's not really, there's not really any uh, uh, like adjustments. That's my biggest issue with doc. That's like my number one thing with doc rivers. I feel like we start a game and it goes into halftime or it gets to a point where you can see the other team has made adjustments and we're not, we're just still doing the same things. And that's where my frustration comes from. Do I think we can win a championship with doc rivers? Yes. Because truthfully, I don't think you need a great coach to win a championship. I think you need, I think there's a level of coach that you need, but you don't need, like, once you go beyond that, it's kind of like, once you hit that threshold, you're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah. there a difference between Steve Kerr and some other coaches that have won a championship? Yes. But do you need to be as great as Steve Kerr to win a championship? No. So I think we can win a championship with him, but I also don't think he's like if we got a different coach, I wouldn't be upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I completely agree with that sentiment that you don't need like the greatest coach in the world. You do need like some level of coach, but that kind of brings me into the other take I had. Like, I don't know if he can be that guy. You know, I, I know everybody talks about him winning a championship. He did do it with four hall of famers, right? Like when you had the best team in the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to mm-hmm. advance far. And I'm not going to say like I'm so down where like it, we're just not going to do anything. I have to wait and see how it plays out because I think this is a very good roster. And I do also think we were, con, you know, conflicted with guys like Ben Simmons who wouldn't shoot the ball and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's definitely been like a lot of change. But I will say this, and I want to know if you agree or not, as well as the chat. If we do not get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, like major changes have to be made. It will start with Doc Rivers. 
I'll even go as far to say if we're not like in the top half of the conference or like the top three or four by the first 30 to 40 games, I, I could see him getting, getting canned. And, and I think, you know, you, again, you have guys right there that have experience and that have a lot of the knowledge and are praised for the things that you just talked about, like making adjustments and stuff and being close with players. I mean, I think that I think all the pressure is on now. I don't think there's ever been pressure like this, and I, I think you got to get over that hump, or else I mean, there's going to be changes. I think it depends. Like I definitely don't think he's out during the season. Like I think there's zero percent chance he's out during the season because I think realistically, if we're not one of you said what like top three or four seeds at a certain if, point, like it's what if probably we're because of health. What if we're five hundred at, at the uh, at the All Star break? You don't think a change could be made like to to spark a fire, to light it up with this team? I don't because I think that if we're 500 midway through the season, it's probably because of injuries and things like that. But even if we were completely healthy and we were still just underachieving, I think it'll be like, okay, well, we brought in all these new guys, right? Melton is probably going to be playing a lot. Tucker's going to be starting. House is going to be, we have all these new pieces. We're trying to figure it out. And we know it doesn't matter how we look in February. It matters how we look in April, May, and June, right? So it's like, I, I think that we're in that position as a team and an organization where it's like, it doesn't even matter. Like, obviously you don't want to be the eight seed, but I'm just, I'm just throwing out a number. Like if we're the seven or six seed, it doesn't matter. Cause really we're just trying to get to this point healthy. And when we get to that point, now it's go time. And then I could see him getting fired if we lose in like the first round, like for sure. Like if we lose in the first round in like five, six games, then I can see him getting the boot. But I also, I think the East is loaded. And I think if depending on the draw, like what if we get Milwaukee in the second round and we lose in seven games and Giannis I, is getting 40 a night, I, will I just he get don't, fired then? I don't know. I don't think it's acceptable anymore. I, I think that literally you're pushing all the buttons to go all in. Like, you know, what, how much of a better chance can you have, right? Like you have this complete roster. If they're playing together the whole year, I I just think like it's time, you know, and Doc Rivers has had a lot of good teams, a lot of quality players and always struggles to get past that point. And obviously the last couple of years have really burned us. And, you know, like you said, there's injuries, there's things like that, but Mm -hmm. I think it's got to happen, man. And I, I could see, I mean, I'm just saying it. If we underperform, I don't know. I think all's up in the air. I think Maury realizes this is one of the best chances he has had. And, you know, I, I think he's going to go and do what it takes. Well, let me ask you a follow-up question. If they fired him, let's say they do fire him, whether at the middle of the year or end of the year, is there a guy you can think of that you would want to bring in? Sam whether Cassell. Whether realistic or not realistic. Sam Cassell? I, I would absolutely promote Sam Cassell. Just given his relationship with Tyrese Maxey, uh, given all the good things that have been said about him, whether it's with LA, Washington, wherever, like they always praise this guy, right? Like he's the next up. He's one of the guys mm-hmm. next up. And if you look at coaches around the league that have been promoted from within, for example, some of the guys we let go off of our staff, Monty Williams, right? Uh, Ime Doka, like these guys aren't big names. They're not big splashes. They go somewhere else and look what they do, right? Yeah. I think it's important to have that basketball IQ and, that, I mean, just off the head, like, that's definitely a guy I would look at. Now, yeah, I, Sam Cassell would be a guy. Another guy I would, I would want them to pick up the phone, at least try, is Quinn Snyder from, yeah. from the Jazz. Because I, yeah. think, I think he got the short end of the stick. Like, I, I think if you look at that team and the success they had, I know they didn't win a chip. So many people put so, many, so much on the championship, and I feel like people ignore everything else. It's like 
think of how much success that team had and was the one seed and, and had, and the offense they had with a guy like Rudy Gobert who can't even score, you know what I'm saying? Like he had to be so creative oh, yeah. because of the limitations that that lineup had. And they still had that level of success. Like that's another guy like Quinn Snyder, Sam Cassell would probably be the two that I would, I would look at now in season definitely wouldn't be Quinn Snyder. Like that would have to be a going into next year kind of thing. I think if, if doc is out mid season, it's gotta be Sam Cassell. Yeah. And, and the last thing I will say about doc is like basketball things fine, right? Like he's got to get better, make adjustments, but I just, I can't take another year of the arrogance, you know, like don't yeah. try to make yourself a target, right? Just to say the politically correct things. And I, I don't expect it to happen, but Let's not create any additional distraction for our team. You know that. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, I'm I'm at least fine with bearing through the basketball till we get to the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely don't like in post game interviews where he acts like he doesn't. He's never made a mistake before. Yeah. I don't like that. Like I again, I much more respect like Amori. Who all right? If I sign a guy, it doesn't work out. Cool, it didn't work out. Like I can handle that. I wish Doc was more that way. Like yo, we we try to do this. And it didn't work out. Like, we're going to look at the film. I'm going to get better from it. Like, I could have maybe gone in a different direction. Instead, he'll just be like, I know basketball. With like, his horse voice, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and it's like, come on, bro. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to, like, try to prove to everybody that you know what you're doing. We already know you know what you're doing. We're just saying, could you have maybe done it better? Yeah, exactly. And and that's all this city is about, man. And it, it it's always been, like, something that has gotten in the way. And that definitely frustrates me. But... Uh, once again, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Hit that like button. We're we're going on an hour twenty, man. It's this has been great. Last thing I want to ask you, um, and we'll we'll get into this more as we do more shows. But mm-hmm, do you do you think there's any area of weakness? Like, where do you have the Sixers at in the East? And you know, like, if there's if there's an area where you think, okay, we got to improve or we got to wait and see. Like, what is it? Or do you think we are polished and ready to go and full send into this season? Nah, I think I think it's gonna. It wouldn't surprise me if we got off to a slow start because mm. I don't. Not even just necessarily the different pieces, but I think guys are gonna be playing different roles. Like I think when you put in a PJ Tucker next to a Tobias Harris, it changes what both of those guys are gonna be doing a little bit. Um, I think when you throw in a PJ Tucker defensively, who's probably gonna become the, for lack of a better term, like the captain defensively, kind of navigating guys like a different voice is going to change the rotations that maybe got it. Things are just a little off. So I can definitely see it with a slow start. I truthfully, when I look at the weaknesses of this team, it's not even necessarily from a basketball standpoint. I'm more worried about the health. Can they actually stay healthy? Last year was the first year Embiid actually stayed healthy. James Harden had the hamstring issue last year. I feel like Tobias Harris gets like these weird things where he falls awkward. Or he catches an elbow to the eye and it's just like, just bad luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's really more so stuff like that that I'm concerned about. Um, and then just a wait and see on all the fits. Like, I feel like our fan base has been raving about DeAnthony Melton, but I think in reality, myself included, we probably haven't really seen that much DeAnthony Melton. Like, how many Memphis Grizzly games were we watching that we caught the 10 minutes per game he was playing? You know what I mean? So I think we have all these pieces that can play really well together. I think on paper, it looks good together, but I am definitely on a wait and see approach of how it'll fit and how much time it'll take. I, I think agree. by the end of the year, we're going to be pretty good if we're healthy. I agree. And, and really the only area, I guess that I would say, let's look into is what you just mentioned, like the bench. Um, you know, obviously we'll see more as we get into training camp. We'll see who really takes that step up. 
But, you know, it's it's going to take some time to, like, really come together with that because, like you said, D'Anthony Melton, yeah, I like him. I like his motor. I'm excited to see what he can do in a bigger role. But, like, we still don't have, like, that lethal bench guy, right? We don't have the Jordan Clarkson to, to put a name out there. That Say I've that wanted. name one more time. Say that name Jordan one more time Clarkson, for the people. Man, I, dude, I've been on the Jordan Clarkson train for the last year or two. Like, I've just been saying it and saying it. Like we, we need a guy like that. And I, which I, by the way, I think would put this team like very far over the top. But anyway, like I think we need to see with the bench. Cause there's been a lot of inconsistency. I talked about the 2018 team earlier. Like we just, we didn't have anybody consistent off the bench. Do I want to see shake Milton be consistent? Absolutely. If he was that old resemblance of shake, the one that doc fell in love with, that would do wonders for this team. Can I trust it though? Not at the moment. I got to wait and see, right? Furcon, same thing. Like, they give us flashes, but we need consistency. And, like, I I think it needs time to come together. And and we might need some reinforcements. But I think overall with the core, though, especially with the starting lineup and the fit, I'm I'm excited about this team. Like, I I think we're ready to push on all cylinders. Yeah, and I think think that's another thing that Montrez helps us with because Montrez, if if nothing else, he has been a fairly consistent scorer off the bench. Like, I know I've seen a lot of people retweeting how he's, like, one of the only guys in the past couple years to score, uh, I think it was, like, 5,000 points off the bench. Like, he can put the ball in in the cup. Like, I feel like he's going to add a consistent bench score for us. And then, like you said, it's just the other guys. Like, what's Melton going to give us off the bench? What What's Daniel House going to give us off the bench. Cause I feel like one week he looks like a knockdown shooter. And then the next week he can't really hit a shot. Like things like that. You know what I mean? When I, when I think of the bench, <clears throat> I think of it more as like just being reliable in the sense of if we, when can you, can you weather the storm? Like we don't, I don't look at the bench as like, can you, are you going to lead the league in bench scoring? Are you going to get this many points tonight? It's just like when, if Embiid is in foul trouble, if Harden is a DNP, if if like guys miss some time, can you guys just weather the storm? If you guys yeah. can do that, then I think we're going to be really good because yeah. then by the postseason, you have three, two or three guys off the bench you can count on. And I'm a big, if anybody has watched some of my videos, I always talk about how I don't think you need to be super deep in the playoffs, rotation shortened, depth is more about the attrition of the regular season. But if we got two or three guys that we can rely on, plus the starting five that we're going to have if we're healthy. I mean, I think this team is legit and legit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that also speaks to culture as well. Like how can you weather the storm? Like you said, and you know, I'll, I'll end it off by saying this, like I put out a tweet like a week ago and I said in that tweet, you know, now the Sixers have these dogs, right? Like some of these guys off the bench, they come and they go and they're not like consistent. And sometimes they don't have like that um factor, right? Like that they want it bad. And you know, now that we have some of these guys like Tucker, like you mentioned, Harold, Melton, if we come out and say in a big situation, we don't have that still. Like if we come out like we did in Miami and, you know, it's just like, where does it go? I mean, there, there's no other person to point at than Doc Rivers, right? Like you now have those guys that can breed that environment. If if we don't come out and look better or maybe shake or, or whoever's not being aggressive and we got someone like Tucker's going to fire up the place. like. I mean, am I wrong? Like, is there anywhere else to look at then than at the top? No, I think it, I think if if we are in a situation where we still look like we don't have no dogs when we supposedly have all these dogs, I think you got to look at the top from a coaching perspective and the culture that's built. And to an extent, I think you got to look at the stars and being like, are you like, how are you not getting this out of them? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I'm looking at a James Harden. I'm looking at Joel Embiid. Like, how are you guys not elevating 
this to a point where we know it needs to be because it, it's not new. It's been a couple years now. Everybody knows what the issue is. And now we brought in those guys to fill in those issues. If we still don't have it, I'm looking at Doc. I'm looking at James and I'm looking at Joel like you guys aren't bringing it out of the rest of the group. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Jaharis coming in from Australia. Let us know where you're tapping in from. Drop a fire emoji in the chat if you're excited for Sixers ball to be back. Let us know if uh, if you're enjoying this show, man. Shout out to everybody out there. We'll be wrapping it up very shortly, but um, I just wanted to shout out to Logan again. If you guys are not following him, he'll be on the show a lot this year. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different in-depth coverage, you know, just a lot of different things coming, man. And, you know, I'm I'm just so excited. Like, it's literally a week and a half away. Like, I, I know they're going down to South Carolina and, you know, they're going to have a, like a different experience. But I, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to all the training camp footage, you know, seeing the guys <laughs> go through the runs and just seeing the guys coming back. The photographers do a great job. I'm excited for all that, man. Like, I think that really is a good build up to the season. You know, it's exciting. If you if you're if you're out there watching a the show and you like to look at the behind the scenes stuff, right? And all the little things that lead up to the season. I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. I can't wait, man. I can't I can't wait for the season for so many reasons. One, just just loving the Sixers, loving basketball. Uh, you know, for for a personal standpoint, like I started my channel last year in like April. So being a, like being a Sixers content creator from the jump is exciting. Like you know what I'm saying? Linking up with you and doing content with you is excited. I'm just, I'm just all around excited for it to get started, man. Absolutely, man. Once again, shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit the like button right now. Uh, we'll be uh, going live a lot within the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the season. It's crazy, but you know, we get in a training camp, then we have preseason, and then like a couple weeks after that, we're already getting into the season, man. Once again, drop something in the chat. Let us know where you're coming in from. Go follow uh, Logan Sixers Break Room on YouTube. Does great work. Once again, shout out to LGC. Let's get checked for sponsoring today's show. Leading provider of at-home medical-grade testing kits. If you want to avoid those uncomfortable doctor's visits, those long waits, all the copays, all that annoying stuff, man, and you want your rapid results and your test to come right to your phone and and to get a phone call and, and review your results, all that good stuff, man, very expedited. Trust me. Go down below, click the link, and uh, use code Philly25 to get 25% off of your order. All tests included. Shout out to everybody for coming through. Logan, appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was it was a good time talking with you and and uh, reacting to this Daryl Morey stuff, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, man. Like I said, like be, before before you brought me on this show long ago, I was a fan, man, watching your videos and stuff. So so I appreciate you having me, man. I'm looking forward to doing more of it. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, hopefully for, for a long playoff run. You know appreciate what I mean? That, hopefully, Yo, hopefully we're able here. to bring a lot of content because our <laughs> season is lasting all the way till middle of June. It's our year, man. It's our year, man. Yo, we got to get out to a game together as well, man. We got to get out to a game. Sure. <laughs> for sure. We got to get out to a game. I'm, You know, the, the first game circled on my calendar. I'm going. Sure. I think I'm going. November 22nd, baby. Sixers and Nets at the Wells Fargo. Hey, I've listen, I, I'm not even that far and I've yet to be to, I've never been to a game. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely, I definitely got to get out there. Uh, the Nets, you think they're going to be playing at that point? I, I don't, I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is. I, I don't think he may, he may come through and, and want to play. I'm telling you, man, he doesn't have it. I'll tell you this much. It's going to be bittersweet if he play and get like 35. <laughs>
That's such we a win. That's we such a win. Philly thing we as well, win. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a Philly thing. If we go, man, you got to make some content, though. You got to make for some sure. content. For sure. For sure. Hold Absolutely. on. We, we got to stop the music. So you've never been to a Sixers game. Nah, never been to one, man. Never, never been, been to the one. Wells Fargo, man. Yo. Never. Ever. You got to get out there this season, man. It, it is an experience, and it is uh, it is something. For anybody out there that may, you know, even may not be from the area or may, you know, not come, you know, to Philly ever or whatever, the Wells Fargo Center is a different experience, just personally speaking. Like, the environment, I actually like it the most out of any Philly sports environment. Really? I just, I think it's it's I think it's just like the indoor experience, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the heart pumping through your chest, the sound effects, all of it. Like, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. yeah, we're gonna be out there for sure, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Absolutely, man. Shout out to everybody for coming through. Hit the like button, get it to two hundred right now. Thank you all for coming through. If you're watching this on the replay, hit that thumbs up, man. Subscribe to the show, all platforms. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and all other podcasting platforms. Drop your comments down below. How do you feel about James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and most importantly, everything that Daryl Morey had to say. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Y'all have a great one, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace.